Noon straight up here on this Tuesday. We got a lot of football to get to with our friend Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lopresti, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Kern with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Good afternoon, sir. Hello, Drew. Hello, Christian. Hello. Uh, Quick question off the top. I'm not looking for Bruins breakdown, but bigger gag job, Patriots in the Super Bowl at 18-0, or the Bruins getting uh, smacked in the first round? Tommy, your thoughts? I think that's kind of easy. It's the Bruins. You know, the Patriots had a very competitive game with that. Giants team at the end of the season, they had gone 18 and 0 and they got outplayed. They didn't gag. I mean, Ellis Hobbs didn't gag. He was outmatched. He was outflanked. I don't think that Bill Belichick had a great day by any stretch. I don't think the offensive line did, but the Bruins lost to a team that was, you know, the last seed in their conference. And they were the best team on paper that went into the playoffs in history on paper. So to me, it's it's really not a conversation. I was absolutely agog that our guy Adam Jones was making that contention. I thought it was absurd. Well, okay. So that being said, uh, the draft is over. <laughs> this part of the season, I feel of the of the new season is over. So I guess just your, I maybe your highs, your lows, like your thoughts on the draft overall, and and if you thought that they uh, missed on a on an area of concern. I'll give you three. First thought, everything is linked to Christian Gonzalez. So how he goes, goes the draft, and you should presume that he's going to be a starting-level player within his first year, maybe even week one, and he should be one of the better cornerbacks in the AFC East, if not in two or three years in the AFC. You're drafting him to be a Tlaib, um, Revis, Gilmore-style player, asking a lot to make him a pro bowler or a hall of famer yet but he's supposed to be in that vein so if he can approach that the draft is fine everyone said the draft stunk the patriots confirmed it this is my second point by in the third round taking a guy with a pec injury from sacramento state to play at their deepest position not saying Marte mapu can't play or that he won't be relevant but if the patriots are already at a point where they're taking dinged up guys from lower level colleges at positions of great depth they're saying we don't we don't see anybody who's going to really help us this year, and everybody else is a dice roll. So those are, those are two points that I take from it. And the third would be I would have loved to have seen them do something with all that fourth round collateral that they had. Just keep throwing fourth rounders at teams until you can get up to get whatever tight end or wide receiver or offensive tackle you would have targeted. If they stood still based on hey we don't throw fourth round picks around like. Um, you know, they're nothing, then I, I think that's a miscalculation. Yeah, it's interesting, those fourth-round guys, and, and Christian and I didn't have a, a lot of time to unpack it, Tom, but uh, to me it screams the power running game is here to stay. 
Because when you look at City Sal, like I had him whenever Eastern played UMass. That's a big-bodied guy who I know mm-hmm. has some flexibility to play tackle. Jake Andrews is a mauler, and if Moffy makes the roster, good Lord, his his lower body is like a walking tree trunk. Given the the style of the, the body type of those guys, it screams that the power running game ain't going anywhere anytime soon, or am I missing the boat on that? I would agree. You know, and all of them will be – you throw those darts, Andy, and, and one of them will stick. So to me, you're right. Body type says, okay, Mike and Wendy was terrific doing this as a sixth-round pick a couple of years ago. He was a rookie starter. He is a pro football-focused darling. Hey, maybe we hit it on again on a player like this. So it makes sense, and it makes sense to look at the style. Does that mean the wide zone stuff is going to go the way um, of the dinosaur? Probably not entirely, but I would think to a, to a large extent. You still need guys to be able to move, Christian, though, right? Your interior linemen have to be able to get out and get to the edge as guards. That's what Mankins did. That's what David Andrews does. That's what all their, their guards are asked to do at some point. No, yeah, well, I guess if you if they have that ability, you throw those plays in, right? If you don't, you, you kind of like can't trick them anymore, right? <laughs> you just have mm-hmm. to sit there. and. Whereas it felt like last year they were like forcing a scheme onto a group which really the other way around is if the guys can't run it, then don't run it. No, I mean, listen, I, I used to have uh, Dante Scarnecchia, who I know everybody loves. His number one rule, and I would love for him to back me up, was do not pull your guards on the goal line. Said it year yeah. after year after year after year. Finally, they said, you know what, we're going to pull the guard on the goal line. And sure as hell, the play got blown up and it went back to we're never pulling the guards <laughs> on the goal line. That's a true story. So uh, so I agree with you in that regard. Take me through the two receivers that they got, the wide receiver out of LSU, wide receiver Kayshawn Boutte, and the wide receiver out of uh, Liberty, Demario Douglas. Let's go with Douglas first. He is a smaller wide receiver who was part of a wide receiver of a, of a water bug group in this year's draft. He went to Liberty. If you watch some of the clips, he walks away from people. He is fast, and he is elusive, and he is going to show up in special teams. They already have Marcus Jones doing that, but now they have depth there. And if they want to turn Marcus Jones, we'll talk about this in a minute if you want to, into more of an offensive player, terrific. Then you can let um, Douglas do that. But he also, you know, the Patriots haven't had an explosive water bug offensive player who can make people miss and make yards after catch since Edelman and James White did such a good job of it in 2019. A little bit last two years ago with Bourne, and they're going after Juju Smith-Schuster to do that for them because they didn't get enough out of Jacoby, I'm presuming. But they still don't really have that guy who you would say, okay, he's going to make a whole crap ton of people miss. Maybe Douglas can do that. As for Butte, he was fantastic. As a uh, first-year player with LSU, then he had an ankle injury, which seems to have still bogged him. And when Brian Kelly took over down at LSU, it seemed as if he fell out of favor. So huge upside. And if you read between the lines on the way Matt Groh was talking about Butte, it was all it's up to him. You know, he's, it sounded as if the onus is on Butte and that so far he hasn't taken advantage as, they, as he comes into their system of the opportunities that he's had. So it's going to be on him to decide, you into this or not. I know when Matt Groh was asked, hey, does Bill O'Brien have some perspective on especially those SEC wide receivers? And it was, yeah, well, of course he would. 
Do you think this was a Bill O'Brien-influenced pick, or was it just, oh, my God, if this guy clicks, he really would have been a second-round pick, and we can get him in the sixth? Was it the value, or do you think there was some intelligence there of the, hey, Bill, I can I can get through to this guy, whereas Brian Kelly couldn't type thing? Huh. That's a good question. It's hard to think about it from a scouting perspective because Bill would be spending his time looking at the LSU defense. So I don't think. <laughs> no, no, I'm not being a dink. No, I'm, I know, just... but you're not. You're not wrong. It's just funny to hear you say that. But I, but I'm sure that he could talk to any of the Alabama um, defensive coaches and say, "What do you think of Butte?" And he would have had a working opinion on him. I think it's more of. If you read between the lines on what Gross said and what Butte said, it sounds as if he needs to apply himself in a way that he hasn't been so far. And if he can, that's that's great. You know, Terry McLaurin was a fifth-round pick. You, there's guys all over the drafts who can make contributions, who come in later on. We saw it with Jacoby Myers as an undrafted guy for, for five years. So it's, there is upside for the player, and he's going to have time to develop because, to me, I'll say this again. The most important, impactful addition the Patriots made in this offseason, free agency draft, et cetera, was Bill O'Brien mm-hmm. by a long shot, and then Gonzalez. Those are the two people who make the biggest difference. Yeah, I agree. And even when you're saying that uh, about uh, Matt Groh talking about uh, Butte, you know, it seems like that's what Brian Kelly had said to Butte as he was introduced as the coach or after spring, spring ball. Like, hey, you know what? I know I'm new, but this is up to you. And he said, screw you, I'm going home. Anyways, with that, because uh, it happens all the time. Well, yeah, Brian Kelly said the same thing. Yeah, his home was New Orleans yeah. all of a sudden for $100 million. My yeah. God. So the other thing I want to ask you about is, um, so Greg Bedard kind of grabbed Bill, I think it was Friday, late Friday night, and kind of peppered him a little bit on the whole you know, evaluation of Mac Jones. And in the end, it was, do you still feel the same way now, as you did about Mac Jones be, at the beginning of last year, remember we said like he's worked hard, he's really good, sure. and he said absolutely. So, and I know you kind of heard that. So, does that put the whole Mac? I mean, sorry, that Bill doesn't like Mac discussion to bed. Honestly, not to. It happened later in the week. It happened Thursday night when the draft okay. was starting. Reiterate, I spoke to um, people who would be unimpeachable about the tenor and the likelihood of a Mac Jones trade. And I was told, look, Bill does not want to trade Mac Jones. He has no interest in trading Mac Jones. That has to stop. And that's, you know, you can take that to the bank. Now, I'm not saying that's an interminable guarantee that there will never come a time in which Mac Jones ends up on another team via trade. But the 2023 season, unless Mac Jones vomits all over himself on a continual basis throughout training camp is the starter and i don't imagine he's going to have any kind of an upset stomach so yeah i think it puts it puts it to bed i think that bill is steadfast in sticking with look he's got a lot to prove everybody's being evaluated i'm not going to say anything that indicates that we're not doing evaluations for every player but i think eventually he said all right whatever absolutely i still feel the same way so there we go. Yeah, no, I think it's but, good that they great. put that to bed. Yeah. There's, well, now it's time because, like, the song and dance in the off season. Yeah. okay, now it's over with. Yes, it's like you got so. what you got. Now you're getting ready to go to camp. Tommy, speaking of going to camp, the Patriots threw for them what was big 
undrafted free agent money at quarterback Malik Cunningham out of Louisville. I know there were rumblings where Cunningham said, hey, I'm cool with playing another position. What's your best guess as to what the Patriots might have planned for this player? Do they leave him at quarterback and try to develop him? It's the same conversation we were having about uh, Demario Douglas and the notion of Marcus Jones playing on offense and with Cunningham. A, it'll be great. So Perry pointed this out. It's a good point. It'll be great to have a quarterback running scout team when you're playing against quarterbacks who can do the things that, you know, Deshaun Watson or Josh Allen or you name it can do instead of having Jacoby Myers run quarterback or some some other player who doesn't necessarily have the skill set and doesn't play the position. So Cunningham fills that void. Additionally, if you want to try and use him as a quote-unquote athlete and make take advantage of the explosiveness that the offense doesn't necessarily have from their big lumbering players, then that's great. Um, but I'm curious to see how the kid throws. I, I'd be excited to see how he throws because – you know, I don't know if he has more velocity than Jones and Zappi, but those are guys are probably in the 40th percentile of arm strength, if that, in terms of being able to amp it up and throw it hard with velocity over 20 yards. I don't care. Everybody can throw it 60 yards in the NFL, or you should be embarrassed. Yeah. But how hard can you throw it over 25 or 30? I would say everyone in the NFL could, quote, make all the throws. Like, they should all be able to make all the throws. <laughs> that, to me, drives me nuts. But anyway, so, all right, so so now that I guess, is this like the second biggest dead period during the NFL season, right? Because the biggest one is, like, like right before that that week or two before camp where you come out with, like, a top 50 list and you, yeah, you – Yeah, Right? Like, and you put me on it because you feel sorry for me not being involved in any of the really good lists. Is this like the the time where like the hay's in the barn? Now let's start working on being a good team. For the Patriots, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's you know it better than I. This is install time. This is culture setting time. This is um, attitude adjustment time. This is who is going to be the leader. I mean, Devin McCourty's gone. You have fourteen special teamers. One of them has to at some point take literally 14, by the way, too, if you tally them up, who are dedicated special teams players more than anything else. So who's going to take the mantle from, from Matthew Slater and begin to, you know, assert himself in that vein? Will Mac Jones be the leader that you wanted to be? What kind of chemistry will he have with a wide receiver group who is missing its leader in terms of diligence? I was told that, I believe it was by Devin, he said, look, Joey Myers was an example for every single player in that wide receiver room. This is how you do it. You show up early, you do all these things, you, you activate yourself in this way when you come into a week. And he said, look, I don't know if Juju or Devontae Parker or Kendrick Bourne are, are the same, are wired the same way, none of whom came up in this system. So who's going to be the leader in the wide receiver room? What are Jasicki and Henry going to be like? How's the offensive line going to assimilate under Adrian Clem? This stuff is going to make a massive difference, I think, in the season, how well it goes now. Now, I do think there is one other date that we should have circled because I can smell it right now. Thursday night, May 11th, the Tom Curran Patriots schedule special. Oh, because they're going to release. That's the next big nugget of news in the NFL, is it not? Will the Patriots... Will the pay? When do they play in Germany? Will they play on Black Friday? By the way, they're not. <laughs> That's right. Hit your pants up. 
next week. Is that next week? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Next uh, next Friday, I can uh, feel it. It's the it'll the eleventh. Yep, it'll be the well uh, the eleventh is Thursday. Yep. You know, in the NFL, they're not gonna there'll be leaks, but it'll be prime time, right? Because now everything's got to be prime time in the NFL. So when they do the schedule release, I would have to think that's eight o'clock on NFL Network or a network of their choosing. Yeah, I mean, I would. I would imagine that it's important. I mean, it's interesting, too, now with um, NFL Network and Red Zone both disappearing this week from Comcast and Xfinity. So there are a lot of things that are going to have to be worked out. I'm not saying that's going to be a full-time thing, but and I hope not because that's what I have. So hopefully we'll see those things, you know, again, come to light. But, I mean, yeah. That stuff's beyond me. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just want to know. Uh, actually, you don't have to travel anyway, so it's not like you, you're sitting on pins and needles. Oh my, when am I going to uh, Hamburg or anything like that? I wouldn't or, mind going to Hamburg or Dusseldorf. Will you be going? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're definitely going to be there. That's a week-long trip, no, right? That's a Phil, no, that's a Phil thing. Really? Right? Oh, yeah, Tommy. Yeah, they'll send the senator out. He's more of an, of an ambassador. Mm. That would be amazing. Here from Liechtenstein, it's Tommy Curran, and he's standing there with the giant mugs and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Think of all the hijinks that you can it'd, be, get it'd up be to. A, it'd be a ton of fun. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. We'll catch you next week. All right, guys. Great stuff. Thank so you. There we go. Thank you.